good tidings. Good tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings Radio broadcast here on the airwaves of WXAN Radio in the windswept hills of Ava, Illinois. This is your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton. I am so glad you're tuned in today. Grateful that you would take that few moments of your life to listen to the Word of God as we try to share it, to encourage you, build you up in your walk with the Lord. A couple things I want to remind you of on this 14th day of January. This is January the 14th, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus. <clears throat> that is this. Support WXAN Radio. I know you do. I know I say it a lot, but I believe in it. I do it myself. Great ministry. Great, great ministry that God has raised up. So make sure and uh, support them prayerfully, support them financially. Pray for Danny and Leanne. Will and Melody and the good folks here as they carry on the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. And they do play the best gospel music this side of heaven. But we're glad you're tuned in to the Good Tidings radio broadcast. And uh, I want to give you a couple of reminders quickly. Um, as by now, many of you know that I'm the interim pastor at the J City Church, the Johnston City Free Will Baptist Church in Johnston City, Illinois. Come and be with us Sunday mornings, 9.30 Sunday School. 10.30 is our worship service. And folks, we have a live stream at 10.30. If you can't make it in person, tune in to the live stream. That can be found on your computer or your smartphone at www.jcitychurch.com www.jcitychurch.com Dot com. Folks, our motto with the church, putting Christ and community first. We worship and serve Jesus, and we serve the community. Won't you come and be with us? You'll get a warm welcome. Now, <clears throat> Saturdays at 530, we do feed the community. If you drive up into our driveway, some of our people will meet you out there. If you need a fresh, hot meal, we serve them from 530 to 6 p.m. 5.30 to 6 p.m. only. Come on up and let us know. We'll get them for you. Uh, nutritious meals, fresh made by state-certified cooks, <clears throat> ministries of this church. Please come and be with us if we can help you. And uh, we'd be glad to do that. So let everybody know that is available. Uh, please come and be with us at the J City Church in Johnston City. All right. Now, here we are on January the 14th. Wow, already. <clears throat> and we're looking forward to what God is going to do in my heart, in my ministry, in my marriage, in, in my life, in my church, in my country this year, in my neighborhood. And you should be doing the same. Listen, I want to challenge every believer this year to, be, to get, let God revive you spiritually. Put Jesus the first focal point and the, and the, the focus of your life. Give him the preeminence in your heart. Love him like you used to. Many Christians stop loving Jesus like they used to. You still love him, but now other things have garnered attention for your heart. Put Jesus first. Obey him. Serve him. What he makes first, you make first. Go after the souls of men. Determine to win souls to Christ this year. Be a witness. Determine to love like Jesus does. Forgive like Jesus does. Uh, be kind like Jesus was. Be truthful and speak the truth of the Word of God, but do it in love. <clears throat> now, so our plan 
for myself and for our church this year is to be more like Jesus. Grow in our faith and knowledge of Jesus. The scripture says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And in Romans 8 and verse 29, it says what? <coughs> that we are, <coughs> excuse me, I got sinuses, uh, that we are conformed to the image, being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So Christian, are you growing or are you stagnant? You becoming more like Jesus in your attitude, in your conduct, in your conversation, in your lifestyle? Is it more like Jesus or is it more like the world and the devil? Ask yourself that question and then let the Spirit pinpoint the adjustments you need to make and then make them. <clears throat> this morning I want to speak to you very simply on a message entitled, When God Sticks Out. When God Sticks Out. It's on the Beatitudes. It's found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. So let's read this and we'll get into the message this morning. Is God sticking out in your life? Or do other things stick out in your life? Jesus should be the one that should have the preeminence and is sticking out. <clears throat> so, Matthew chapter 5, if you have a red-letter edition of the Bible, you'll know that most of this are the words of Jesus. This is part of his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. <clears throat> so in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, I think I went to six, but we're only going to use Matthew chapter five, verses one through five. Let me give you some thoughts today on the sermon entitled, When God Sticks Out. By way of introduction, one Sunday as they drove home from church, a little girl turned to her mother and said, Mommy, there's something about the preacher's message this morning that I don't understand. The mother said, Oh, what is it? The little girl replied, Well, he said that God is bigger than we are. He said God is so big that he could hold the whole world in his hand. <clears throat> is that true? And the mother replied, yes, that's true, honey. But mommy, he also said that God comes to live inside of us when we believe in Jesus as our Savior. Is that true, too? Again, the mother assured the little girl that what the pastor had said was true. With a puzzled look on her face, the little girl then asked, if God is bigger than us, and he lives in us. And here's her question. Wouldn't he stick out? Wouldn't he stick out, the child asked. So this morning, when God sticks out, this is, that is what the Beatitudes are all about, Christian. God showing through us. Christ living in us. The Beatitudes, that's what they're about. It's always been God's purpose that when we, when He entered our lives through the Holy Spirit and conversion, trust in Him by faith as Savior, that He would be allowed to so fill and control us that He would show through. In other words, that Jesus would be visible in our attitudes and in our actions. The Beatitudes are like a light bulb, folks. They only shine when they're plugged into God's power. One preacher said the Beatitudes are supposed to be your attitude, 
No, you can't pretend. Humans aren't able to keep the Beatitudes, no matter how hard they try. Nobody can be like Jesus, like Jesus can, by the Holy Spirit. He comes to live in us so that he might live the life of Christ through us and help us meet the needs of a hurting humanity as believers. And when he does, others see the image of Christ shining through the veil of flesh. So let me ask you the question. How would life be different if Jesus were to come take your place? What if he took your place in the home? What if he performed your work on the job? What if he sat in your desk at school? What if he filled my place in the pulpit or behind the microphone here? Yet, that's exactly what he wants to do. He came to live within us to mortify the carnal works of this body or this flesh, as it's often called, and to master the circumstances of our lives, to manifest his character and minister to others whom my life touches every day. Knowing that, that should make us wonder, is God showing through us? Well, think about this. If God shone through us, it would be evident to our spouse, to our family, to our neighbors, to our friends, <clears throat> to our co-workers. Think about this. Because the Beatitudes are a self-portrait of Jesus Christ. For instance, Jesus was poor in the Spirit. Although he was Almighty God with all the rights and privileges of deity, and he was deity, he made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus is the Beatitudes of the self-portrait of Jesus. Another instance, he mourned. He wept for Lazarus. He wept over Jerusalem. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was meek. He hungered and thirsted after righteousness. He was merciful. You see, the measure of life, to measure the life of Jesus Christ by these qualities, and you'll find that Jesus modeled all of the Beatitudes. And I am convinced that it is not a description of the Christian man, but the man of Christ. And as he was on the earth, so we become like him on this earth as we yield our lives to his control by the Spirit in obeying the Word of God and putting it into practice in our life. If we put the Beatitudes into practice in our life, Jesus is going to shine through our life. He's going to be seen in our life. So let's make this practical this morning. In verse 3 of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said what? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Like that's how many people feel, the poor in spirit. Verse 4, he said, they that mourn. Like when you're thinking about the babies. We mourn when we think about aborted children and the immorality of our country and the immorality of our politicians and the immorality of our religious institutions and the immorality behind the pulpits and the immorality on the smartphones and the immorality in the church. Does that make us mourn? It should. We can win spiritual battles if we'll let Jesus fight them. Verse number five. 
Blessed are the meek. That's like when we realize, folks, that you don't have control over your taxes. You don't have control over gas prices. They're going to rise and fall. You don't have control over how many jobs are won or lost in the economy. You don't have control over the stock market. You don't have control over what's going on in many facets of life. Now, remember this. When Jesus comes again, the government will be upon his shoulder. Then we'll have perfect government. We don't have it now by, by sure. And, folks, we need to pray that God would remove the corrupt wickedness from the White House, from the State House, from the Courthouse, and every level. That he would remove wicked, vile people and replace them with constitutionally principled Christian people to direct and guide our country. But the meek, what is being meekness? To remember that God is still in control. <clears throat> That's power under control. Why do we need to study the Beatitudes today? Why would we do that? Well, the answer is in the first word of the first verse, blessed. Jesus gets our attention from the very beginning when he says blessed. <clears throat> the word blessed, folks, means happy. When Jesus preached, he showed us how important the introduction is. This is the Sermon on the Mount. Remember, the, greatest, the Sermon on the Mount is called the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher that ever lived, and that is Jesus Christ. <clears throat> So why should we study the Beatitudes? Well, the answer is the first word of the first verse, blessed. And Jesus gets our attention if you'll listen to that. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1, blessed. So listen close. Here's what, <coughs> here's what, here's how God will shine, shine and show through us. If we start practicing the Beatitudes, Here's how that's going to take place. This is what other people will see in your life when you practice the Beatitudes to be Christ-like. <clears throat> they will see, number one, a happy person. A happy person. This is the first sermon recorded in the New Testament as having been preached by Jesus Christ, the Sermon on the Mount. It begins with a promise of happiness. Nine times the voice of Jesus reached out to the multitudes seated on the hillside. People who were oppressed politically, socially, and economically. And he spoke to them with a genuine offer of happiness. Genuine happiness. Happiness, what? It's an uncommon feeling. The word blessed comes from the Greek word makarios. And it's a common word that Jesus used in an uncommon way. He's saying typically the word blessed would be used to describe the wealthy because they enjoyed a standard of living that appeared to put them out of reach of all the cares of life. And true, the truth is money can buy you happiness for a while. The Greek gods, because they had power to gratify their every desire, that's what this word means too. It's described, used to describe a state of contentment and delight that was reserved for a very privileged minority of people in that day. The world gives us the popular concept of happiness. They say, uh, bless, you know, you'll be blessed if you're rich. You'll be blessed or happy if you're famous. You'll be happy if you're gifted. You'll be blessed or happy if you're powerful. So happiness is a common desire, yet so few people seem to have it that it's put into the category as a four-leaf clover or a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow as something that's elusive or unatta unattainable. 
If happiness is linked with power, then not everyone can have it. If happiness is linked to prosperity, then not everyone can have it. If happiness is linked to popularity, then not everyone can have it. But Jesus used it in a different way. He said, blessed. He painted a different picture. He showed them that a God who wanted them to be happy. And folks, the Lord Jesus Christ, God wants you to be happy today. Christian, if you're not happy, it's because of sin in your life. Confess the sin. Forsake the sin. Put Jesus first again. 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God wants you to be happy. And Jesus, in the Beatitudes, on the Sermon on the Mount, is telling the people how to be happy. How to have a life that is filled with satisfaction, contentment, and delight. G. Campbell Morgan wrote that blessed is a word, and I quote, full of sunshine, thrilling with music, brimming over with just what man is seeking, end of quote. Jesus used the word blessed. It's the same word that's used in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 11, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which is committed to my trust. So I'm glad to serve folks that say that we serve a happy God. Look at the false gods of Allah. <clears throat> Look at the false gods of the Quran. Look at the false religions of the world where they serve idols, Scientology, all these pagan ridiculously gross misconcepts of God that are anti-Christ and anti-Bible. Listen, Jesus Christ is a happy God. We serve a happy God. Are you happy? Don't ever let someone criticize you for having a good time at church. We at J City Church, we have a good time. Folks, it's a wonderful life. It's a natural high, if you will, and you don't wake up tomorrow feeling guilty. Happy in Jesus. Blessed, Jesus said. Folks, if you'll practice the Beatitudes, Jesus will shine through. You'll be happy. A happy person will be the culmination of a person who's practicing the Beatitudes. It's also a word, the word blessed, that means congratulations. So Jesus is saying, if you're poor in spirit, congratulations. If you're mourning, congratulations. So folks, are you happy? Too many people spend their lives thinking, if I, I would be happy if, or I could be happy if. They're looking for happiness in all the wrong places, associating it with wrong things. And I would suggest that people seldom see God showing through them. But when God shows through, the world will not only see a happy person, for happiness is based on happenstance and circumstances, but they'll see something even deeper than a happy person. When God shines through and the Beatitudes are practiced, you'll be a happy person. But secondly, they'll also see a whole person. W-H-O-L-E, a whole person. When God shines through, you'll see a happy person. You'll see, secondly, a whole person. The Beatitudes are the self-portrait of Christ. That which we would see if God were living today, right in front of us, and God's purpose, according to Romans 8.29, as we indicated earlier, is for every Christian to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Therefore, folks, it's reasonable to draw the following conclusions. Number one, the Beatitudes describe qualities that every Christian should exhibit. They don't describe a special class of super-Christians. 
And number two, every Christian should exhibit all of the Beatitudes. They're not guidelines for Christian character. A guideline suggests the standard that you and I should strive to measure up to. Men do not have what it takes to reach the standard set by the beatitude. Why? Because sin is at work in the heart of human beings and it makes them proud. Sin is at work in the heart of human beings and it makes them pushy. And in the presence of sin, there produces a hunger or a thirst for something that is unholy. And sin is a spiritual problem that is requiring a spiritual solution. The Beatitudes describe the evidence of a yielded life. Christian, are your sins confessed? Are you yielded to Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost living in you? Folks, they are not produced by the Christian. The, 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 the blessings of God, the Beatitudes, and being like Jesus is produced in the Christian. They tell us, the Beatitudes tell us what men will see in a life that is surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. Being saved is one thing. Making Jesus the Lord of your life is another. You don't make him Lord and Savior. He's already your Lord and Savior. Jesus Jesus has to become your Savior before he can become your Lord. Here at the radio station, as I'm Talking right now, my son Brett has called in. Brett, you're on the phone. I don't have you on speaker, but Dad's doing a little recording, but I'll call you when I get out, okay? But we're here on the radio station at WXAN, and our son Brett just called in from Buffalo. Brett, we love you, and things are going well. But, folks, if the Lord is going to, if God is going to shine through us, then peep, you have to practice the Beatitudes. And if you practice the Beatitudes, they're going to see Jesus in your life. The Beatitudes describe the evidence of a yielded life Christian. You make Christ your Savior when you trust Him by faith to be your Savior. But you make Him your Lord when you practice the teachings of the Bible and yield your life to the Holy Spirit's control in obedience to the Word of God. And when we obey the Word of God and yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, He makes Jesus the Lord of our life. So the Beatitudes describe the evidence of a yielded life. The Bible speaks of the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. A person under the control of the Holy Spirit isn't going to demonstrate love, but lack, but lack self-control, that's not going to happen. The evidence of a person that is truly walking in the Spirit is that he or she exhibits the fruit of the Spirit on a consistent basis. The Beatitudes are the same. Are we seeing a work of God in a person who appears to be poor in the Spirit but still hungers and thirsts for the things of the world? No. God wants us to yield ourselves to Him. Are you yielded to Him? If you're not saved, Christ died for the sins of the world. He died for your sins. He was buried in the tomb and then resurrected the third day. He shed his blood on the cross. The Bible says in Corinthians, He that knew no sin became sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus became your sin bearer. He died as your suffer. He died a vicarious suffering. He died as a substitute paying for your sins. He paid for your sins. The church doesn't pay for your sins. The priest doesn't pay for your sins. The preacher doesn't pay for your sins. Your parents don't pay for your sins. Christ died for the sins of the world. God took every sin you've ever committed, punished Jesus in your place. Jesus paid your sin debt. You owed a sin debt that you you could not pay, and God so loved you, he sent Jesus down, born of the virgin, 
to live a sinless life, to die on the cross, to pay for your debt. That's what the Bible teaches. In the Old Testament, God promises to destroy death. In the New Testament, he tells us how he did that. And he destroyed death, which is sin's penalty, through Jesus Christ's sacrificial death, blood atonement, his burial in the tomb, and resurrection the third day. Now, Christ paid for your sins. Would you like to receive him as your Savior? The Bible says in John chapter 14, to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Recognize you're a sinner. You can't save yourself. And follow me in this simple prayer. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save my soul. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior and take me to heaven. Now, folks, if you've done that, the Bible says you've been born again, and that's a spiritual birth, John chapter 3. Nicodemus experienced it. I've experienced it when I got saved, and so have you as a believer. Now, if you need some materials to help you grow as a Christian, you can contact us here at WXAN Radio, or you can write me an email. My email address is Dave. that's D-R-D-A-V-E, one three at gmail.com dr dave d-r-d-a-v-e at g dr dave one three at gmail.com write me i'll make sure and send you free of charge some christian materials to help you with your steps in a new direction find a spirit-filled bible believing bible preaching church go tell the preacher that you've trusted christ as your savior and you want to follow jesus in believers baptism by immersion so my friend listen close Is God sticking through your life? Is God sticking out in your life? We're determined in 2023 that Jesus is going to stick out in your life. And he's going to do it because you've learned the Beatitudes and you start practicing them. And when you do that, you're going to be like Jesus. And your your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers, the world will see Jesus in you. That's when God is sticking out. When people are seeing not us, but Jesus in us by the way we live. God bless you. This has been the Good Tidings radio broadcast. I am your radio pastor. Thanks for making me that. Thanks for the comments. Keep people coming. But I'm your radio pastor, David Pinkerton. It's been an honor and a privilege for you to be here with us today and to be here with you. So pray for WXAN Radio. Pray for Pastor David, would you? And the J City Church Revival. People are getting saved. People are yielding to God. God's doing a great thing at the J City Church. Come and be with us Sunday mornings, 930, 1030, Wednesday nights at 7. The Good Tidings Radio broadcast is Jesus sticking out. I hope he is for you and in you in 2023. Oh, yes. Emmanuel. God is with us. Oh, yes. For unto you is born this day, Savior Christ our Lord. So fear not. Fear not. Yes, sir.